I'm Derek Thompson, the host of The Ringer podcast, Plain English. Look, a lot of news these days is kind of nonsense. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to ask the questions that matter from people who know more than I do about everything I'm curious about. And that's most things. Recession fears, AI hyperbole, psychology, productivity, China, war, streaming, movies, sports, you name it. The world without jargon, the news without bias. Plain English with Derek Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, I'm Tara Palmieri. I'm Puck's senior political correspondent, and this is Somebody's Gotta Win. I know, I know. I promised you I would be in Iowa in freezing below temperatures. I think it was negative 12 with my puffer on, but it was just too difficult to travel. So many flights were canceled. All my friends, reporters were locked in their rooms. They couldn't even get out to do any real reporting. And let's face it, we knew all along that Trump was going to win and win decisively. I mean, the networks called the race at 7.30 before votes were even cast in some of the precincts. It was really more about seeing who came in second. I also thought, why not go to New Hampshire? The primary is next week. There's a real race there uh, with Nikki Haley possibly coming in within striking distance of Donald Trump. I mean, some polls show her within single digits. So I wanted to see how the locals in New Hampshire interpreted the results. I came down to Castro's backroom cigar shop in Main on Main Street in Nashua. Yeah. And I talked to the guys here and they weren't watching the caucus results. They knew that Trump won. They had no doubt he would win. Um, they were watching the NFL finals. Not that much interest. Both games on TVs, we don't know the results. Yeah. We already know the results in Iowa. Unfortunately, sports overseas political stuff. Yeah, sports takes priority. As you can tell, New Hampshire voters don't give a shit what Iowa does. Plus, out of the 12 men I spoke to in the cigar bar, only one of them was going to vote for Nikki Haley because he thought that a convicted Trump couldn't become president. Trump, I love the guy. I voted for him twice before. I just don't have the confidence in him as I used to have because of his legal issues. But there were a lot of developments throughout the night. First and foremost, Trump won decisively, by more than 50 points. It's historic by all accounts. He beat DeSantis and Nikki Haley by 30 points. It's never happened before. What I learned is that the Republican Party is with Donald Trump. Democrats who think there is Trump fatigue, it is not as strong as they think. Even in some of these more affluent suburbs in Iowa, people with college degrees, women, They came out and voted for Trump by a larger margin than they did in 2016, okay? That does not bode well for Team Biden if they're counting on those same type of voters to come out in swing states, those seven battleground states that he needs to win by. 
So again, another takeaway, Republicans want more Trump, not less. And he beat his own expectations game of breaking the 50-point ceiling. DeSantis spent $200 million on a ground operation in Iowa, and he came in second, beating Nikki Haley by one point. They are still 30 points below Donald Trump. Um, Again, just shows you how tight his grip on the party is. And then Vivek Ramaswamy got almost eight points, but he decided to drop out and suspend his campaign after a few days of some bruising attacks from Donald Trump. I'm sure Trump saw those eight points as something that would be a nice addition to his 50, possibly bringing him to 60 or at least closer and an even more decisive win in Iowa. But he said, I'm dropping out. I'm going to head to New Hampshire and campaign against his arch nemesis, Nikki Haley, with Trump in New Hampshire. And honestly, his dropout could have as much impact in the race as Chris Christie's did for Nikki Haley. If his six points or so go to Trump, you know, that could be just enough for Trump to beat Nikki Haley in the same way that Chris Christie's 10 to 12 points would go to Nikki Haley. So a lot to talk about on this episode, lots of breaking news. I first spoke to political strategist Jimmy Senders in Des Moines, Iowa, and then I finished up with Matthew Bartlett, our New Hampshire expert at Castro's, the back room of the back room, to talk about projections for the next week. Okay, Jimmy, you are in Iowa because I couldn't make it. No, you live in Iowa and you are political expert, Jimmy Senders. We had him on on Thursday uh, for, you know, some post Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis debate wrap up. Um, But we've got him back now that it is 10.30 p.m. on the East Coast, 9.30 in Central Time where he is and 75% of the results are in. And by the way, the network's called it for Trump at what, 7.30 your time? Tara, you actually informed me that there had been a declared winner. They had not even passed out ballots at my precinct location. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, they they were not through with speeches yet. Uh, I think um, Governor Asa Hutchinson's daughter uh, was his campaign surrogate at uh, my precinct location. She was in the middle of my speech, or her speech, rather, when you informed me that the race was over. Yeah, that's that's got to have some sort of like depressed reaction on voters, right? I'll tell you, folks in the room were quite disappointed um, that they would call it before ballots were even cast. Um, And the mood that I'm hearing um, from folks I've talked to since is that um, it was really unneeded. Uh, They could have waited a half hour or so to call it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I got an alert on my phone and uh, that's how it works now. But I will say, uh, when you see those um, early entrance polls, it was pretty clear that Trump was going to win. And by a lot, CNN early entrance polls showed that 65% of respondents of caucus goers or the 551 caucus goers believed that Biden did not win the election legitimately in 2020. 64% said they would vote for Trump if convicted. To me, that said, okay, this is going to be a blowout night for Donald Trump. I don't know about you, but those are early entrance polls, um, 
uh, I don't know. And now uh, we're seeing him polling above 50%, which was, you know, supposedly the ceiling for him. Who knows? Do you think he could go as high as 60? No, right? No, no, he's not going to get 60%. He might fall below uh, 50 as we're talking at the moment, Tara. Yeah, he's at 51% um, with 25% left to come in. So we'll see. But I mean, with, with those type of entrance poll numbers that you touted, um, it is a bit surprising to me that um, he isn't a bit higher, maybe around 55% or so. Okay. Um, but that being said, it's still a commanding victory for the former president oh, totally. here. It demonstrates his grip on the party. Even if he does dip a little, before, uh, a little below 50, he marches on to New Hampshire and South Carolina with a very, very clear path and perhaps fast-tracked uh, to the nomination that it's going to be difficult for uh, Ambassador Haley or Governor DeSantis to stop him. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Is there anything surprising to you so far? You know, I was looking at the map first. Um, If you look at the far northwestern Iowa counties, those are by far the most conservative counties in the state. Um, And they are home to a lot of self-identified evangelical and Christian conservatives. Donald Trump is running up the score in northwest Iowa. Um, Christian conservatives came out for him. Um, I mean, he's he's nearly doubling up um, Governor DeSantis in Sioux County. Uh, same story in Lyon County. Those are far northwest Iowa counties. And then if you look at the state or the excuse me, the counties in which he visited, I mean, um, in this last week, like McQuokada, Clinton, Atlantic, um, he's carrying upwards to, of 75 to 80 percent in those counties uh, as of now. So, again, it shows me that this was a very sophisticated, data-driven operation uh, by the former president's campaign. Um, they knew where their margins were. They knew where they needed to run up the score. Uh, and they're going to be toasting a victory tonight. Yeah, but, but let's be honest. The DeSantis campaign spent $200 million on groundwork. It's not like they're, it's not like they were playing this game at, without a fight. You know what I mean? And would they no do knock on... How many doors did they knock on? A million doors? Nine I don't know, counties? but they knocked on my door five times. Yeah, exactly. And so it's not like they didn't have a sophisticated ground operation either. This is something else. You're I think right. this just shows you the the voter enthusiasm, the 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 enthusiasm for Trump. That's what I see from this. Um it's it hasn't waned. There is in enthusiasm, fact, but I would also point out that yeah, I would just also point out that Trump did have a seven year head start on Governor DeSantis. But you're right. I mean, $200 million spent um, here in the state of Iowa um, by uh, Governor DeSantis had never backed down. Um, Now, they could still walk away with second place. And that was always the goal, was to get second place for any candidate not named Trump. They could still achieve that. Um, But but he's hovering as of like... 9.30 9.30 Central Time, 10.30 Eastern Time at what, 20%? Kind of fighting with Nikki Haley at that? Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's a couple percentage points ahead of That's not the decisive second that they should have been going for, that they were going for, really. You would have hoped for a clear second place, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, what do you think is the big takeaway from all of this? I mean, to me, you can't spend money on a... Like, in the well, early states, money can't buy you love. Am I right? <laughs> I don't know. If Ambassador Haley is able to come up and grab second place, I think it signals a new dawn in terms of how you run an Iowa caucus operation going forward. She has put together a very strong showing based mostly on 
strong cable news hits, and strong debate performances. And that message is carrying her uh, to grab one of those three tickets out of Iowa, whether she gets second or third. I don't know that it really matters for her campaign because she's got. It just won't be like a. It won't be an embarrassing third, basically, is what we're saying. Correct. She's going to be in single digits. Yes, and she can claim victory having come from basically two percent polling a year ago now to Mm. uh, third place in Iowa and on the cusp of um, a strong showing in New Hampshire uh, eight days from now. In politics, it's always an expectations game, right? She set the expectations low. So if she comes in third right behind DeSantis, it's a win. She comes in second slightly above DeSantis, it's a win. Whereas DeSantis last month was saying he would win Iowa. And alas, here we are. And he spent so much money on it. Um, Crazy to think $200 million were spent on this state. Now, it was really interesting. You called me earlier today to tell me um, the GOP chairman of Iowa said he will not be declaring uh, who, like, who won a winner because he doesn't basically want to be destroyed by candidates since the Iowa caucuses are such a messy process and often it takes days to get the results back. But I think we're going to get the results tonight. Don't you think? Yeah, it's going quite smoothly. Kudos to the Iowa GOP. Um, You know, they they made a correction in 2016 uh, and that, uh, caucus result process went very smoothly. It's going very smoothly here tonight as well. And kudos to the volunteers at all the caucus sites uh, across uh, the state for getting these results in a, in a timely manner. It's it's not an easy process, but they're doing a phenomenal job. But to your point, yeah, the chairman came out um, earlier this afternoon on the stage here at the Media Filing Center where I'm talking to you from and said, we're just going to let the data speak for itself. And so uh, you all can... Don't come after us. (laughs) Here's the data. Uh, Take it for what it is and declare the winner when you see fit. Yeah, like Trump called, said it was rigged back in 2016. There were questions with Bernie and Hillary. It's just like... It feels like Iowa and this caucus, it's just, they have to, if you got to sort it out, maybe this will be their best showing yet. Um, any other takeaways from tonight that you think are like big picture moving on uh, to the race? I I think it, the results are kind of what we expected. Uh, we expected a commanding performance from Donald Trump. It came true. Um, we we expected Ambassador Haley and Governor DeSantis to be jockeying uh, for second place. They still are. And so long as they are continuing to sort of fight at the kids' table, former President Trump is going to be on cruise control with this nomination, wrapping up sooner rather than later. This field must consolidate and must consolidate fast if anyone else is going to have a shot. Is there any hope for Ron DeSantis? right now in Iowa to like actually really beat uh, Nikki Haley by maybe like five points. Cause that would be a win, right? To beat her by five, you could say. Just a uh, yes. I, I would agree with you. I think it's unlikely that he gets up to five. Um, he he okay. might be uh, able to get to three, three and a half, but I think five would be uh, way out of reach. And what are you feeling right now, Nikki or Ron? I mean, tomorrow, listen, I'm sorry to our listeners. We're fighting over like, not fighting, but we're nitpicking over a few points. But it kind of matters in this pseudo second race. It's just like, where does he go from here? Who should be feeling good going into New Hampshire? Should either of them? Mm, I don't think so. I think they're probably trying to put Iowa behind them, get on their private jets as fast as possible and trek over here. Well, DeSantis is going South Carolina first and then New Hampshire. But, you know. I think Governor DeSantis is going to be able to hold on uh, for second place, um, which, if expectations were managed properly, 
would have been a win uh, for him. Um, but unfortunately, um, the expectations were set that he could win the Iowa caucus. Um, and that's clearly not going to happen. It's the other problem is like, when do you see him winning next? Yeah. Is there, there any chance for him to win? If at not all? Iowa, where? Yeah, exactly. And Nikki could possibly win New Hampshire, but he might just stay in the race anyway in New Hampshire, which actually would be good for Nikki Haley because those voters, they might go to Trump instead of her. More likely, I'm sure, Ron DeSantis voters. So maybe he sticks around or maybe he has a talk with his family and his God and then decides, you know, after some thought and reflection that I'm going to drop out of the race. Isn't that what they always say? <laughs> it takes a prayer, lot of time. Thought, to, yes. Thoughtful reflection prayer, and discussion with family. Yeah, exactly. Those are the five whatever pillars of a dropout um, or four pillars of a dropout. So um, what's the feeling right now in Iowa? What's the vibe? Is it just like, ugh? The mood is better now um, because we have results coming in. But I will tell you, uh, earlier in the day, uh, before voting started, energy was a little low. Uh, morale was, was a little yeah. down. Um, to be quite honest, much of the the media corps who had planned uh, to be out and about uh, all week had been um, kind of stuck in their hotel rooms uh, since Friday, and so they were itching uh, to get some data. Um, they but now that they've got it, morale morale is up. Morale is up. Okay, they've got a got shot it. in the arm. Um, data is in, and they're going to be able to report uh, and file before midnight. Okay, so based on the results that have come in, what does it tell you about Trump in uh, just like general election? Uh, it tells me that he has, he still has a stranglehold uh, on the base and on the Republican Party. This is the party of Trump. And so the question is, when does he make the pivot um, to go full throttle against Joe Biden, ignore the rest of this primary field, and start making the case to swing state voters um, and uh, voters in, in suburban communities that are probably going to decide this election. I saw some reports saying that he was winning over college-educated voters as well, because his grip was really over non-educated whites, and now they're saying college-educated. Is that something you're seeing in Iowa, too? Well, I as I look at some of the data that has come in, um, his margins are tighter in counties um, where you have uh, more more of a college-educated voting block. However, he's still winning those counties decisively. I mean, if wow. you look at, um, you know, Polk County, um, which is Des Moines, mm-hmm. uh, he, he's winning by a, a sizable margin. Um, Dallas County is a little closer, uh, just to the West. And then Johnson County, the home of the University of Iowa, which people here lovingly refer to as the People's Republic of Johnson County because of, uh, how liberal it is. Um, you know, he, he won that county as well. I, he's going to win all 99 counties here in Iowa. And those um, were counties tells you that, that were up for grabs for, for Haley, they were thinking, right? Correct. These are counties that Marco Rubio did really, really well in in 2016. And so there was a thinking that uh, she, Nikki Haley, was kind of cobbling together a Marco Rubio-esque coalition of voters here in Iowa. That's not the case. If you look across demographics, Donald Trump is appealing to every single one of them, rural, urban, educated, non-college educated, income bracket, all for Donald Trump. Right. And so this suggests with, you know, the seven battleground states that 
you know, Donald Trump is going to be fighting for. These are, these are the demographics that those swing states make up essentially, right? Like this is, this could be his key to victory against Biden. I mean, that's my takeaway from it. Absolutely. And as in um, part of the appeal of the former president is he speaks to a sentiment uh, that people have in the middle of the country here that Washington has forgotten about them and the issues that are facing them. So as uh, some in the administration tout Bidenomics and slowing growth of inflation, Iowans are sitting at their kitchen table continuing to have to think about how they stretch their dollar further because inflation is still growing. We're talking about a slowing of growth here. Meanwhile, their paychecks aren't keeping up, not anywhere close to the rate of inflation. So I think the president has to recalibrate his message to acknowledge that fact. And until he does so, uh, the former president, Donald Trump, is going to exploit that. So basically, the big takeaway from this is like the Biden administration should actually be pretty nervous about how Trump did in Iowa. Absolutely, because he has gone across demographics and appealed to men, women, college educated, non-college educated, Christian conservative, non-Christian conservative across the spectrum. He is winning all of these different types of voters. Wow. Okay. Geez, something to chew on, right, Jimmy? Okay, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you've got lots of TV to do tonight. He's going on CNN. Well, it'll be over by then. Maybe you can catch some clips online. Uh, That's Jimmy Centers, political, operative, consultant um, in Iowa. He's got his finger on the pulse, and he's been keeping us up to date all along. And, you know, we saw this coming that Trump would win, but it's interesting to see the counties, right, and by how much. Absolutely. Tara, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, and you still got to get to Iowa, okay? I know you. Yeah, the I know. cold made I'll you a little nervous. A little better. Spring and summer is a lot better <laughs> in Iowa. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We're back to Castro's back room, and I'm in the back room of the back room with um, Matthew Bartlett. This is a cigar shop in on Main Street in Nashua, New Hampshire, by today when you listen to this podcast. The only game in town is going to be New Hampshire. Everyone will have forgotten about Iowa. You won't even hear about it, frankly. It's like this weird thing. If you've ever been in a school play, the next day it's over. You know, if you've ever been in a trial, the next day it's over. Everyone just picks up and heads right to New Hampshire. In fact, Matthew told me that a bunch of campaign reporters right now who are in Iowa just picked up and they're getting on planes right now to get into New Hampshire so they can be here by midnight or 2 a.m. and start and get on the ground in New Hampshire. So that shows you how much people are not looking in the rearview mirror at Iowa. Of course, having momentum in Iowa is great. helps you in New Hampshire. But that's why I brought Matthew in because that's why I'm here too. I'm here for the big party, for the big uh, competition, the big race. 
What are you What are you taking away from all of this, Matthew? What does this mean for New Hampshire? Yeah, nine months, uh, one heck of a fuse, and we're ready to go off. Iowa did what they do. Who knows? Who cares? We're in New Hampshire. The race begins anew in about an hour. We're going to have one week to the New Hampshire primary. We're going to have every candidate running around the state, making their case, and we're going to see what happens. Yeah, it's a pretty stacked schedule for New Hampshire, right? I mean... You would think maybe someone would drop out after this. Uh, There seems to be no path for DeSantis in New Hampshire. He is pulling or was pulling behind Christie at a a very far fourth place. And Christie was in third at 12%. So I think he was in single digits. You know, it looks like right now, um, as of 11 p.m. Eastern time, the New York Times is calling that Ron DeSantis is coming in second, but like at 21% and Nikki Haley's at 19%. So only a few percentage points ahead of Nikki Haley. It's not the kind of decisive victory you want or really anything to show for in New Hampshire, especially where... Nikki Haley in some polls is like single digits behind Trump. And who knows, maybe that Christie dropout will be a real boon. I think for me in New Hampshire, I'm looking to see if there is any real enthusiasm behind Nikki Haley or if people are just looking at Trump and seeing what a blowout it was in Iowa. And if there's just like, ah, whatever, what are we doing wasting our vote on Nikki Haley? Trump is going to win anyway. What do you think? You know the New Hampshire voter. What do they think? You're asking the right questions, right? New Hampshire was the place where in 2016 delivered Trump his first big win, made him a legitimate candidate when a lot of the media and and, and some of the, even the voters were laughing at him. So now he's back as the former president. He should be sky high. He's maybe around 50%, give or take, maybe even under. That's prime for disruption. Now we're going to see what happens. Like you said, Chris Christie just dropped out of this race uh, about a week ago. The train of thought is a lot of his voters are going to go to Nikki Haley. Mm. But here's my prediction. By the time people are listening to this, Vivek Ramaswamy could be out of this race and could be supporting Donald Trump to get it into his good graces and and further ingrained into MAGA world and go Nikki hunting here in New Hampshire. So we're going to find out. Oh my God, Vivek wild on the trail attacking Nikki Haley. You know, that's like his dream. Um, it's setting him up for his podcast, Senate run, governor's run, probably Senate, but whatever. Um, next level, Alex Jones, as I think you said earlier. Uh, the thing is, Trump has been hammering Vivek Ramaswamy mainly to run up the score. I mean, I'm not sure what the what the total exit is right now. I'm looking at the screen. It's 11, 10 p.m. Ramaswamy, almost eight points. Like if Trump had taken those eight points, he may have almost hit 60 points in New Hampshire, which should have been like even more historic of an already historic blowout. Because right now, obviously, we talked about this earlier, Trump getting more than 50 percentage points, it looks like. Um, In the end, will he actually reach 50 percentage points? Maybe. I mean, that's what it looks like. So, of course, if he didn't have a vague there... Some would argue he could have gotten closer to his dream number, 6-0. Okay, so New Hampshire, what does Ron DeSantis do here? I mean, listen, he's coming out of Iowa. He may have, I think he even did some reporting on this, found some footing uh, in the last few days mm-hmm. um, where he maybe had a, a decent debate against Nikki Haley and and found uh, um, uh, some messaging, which was absent th- during his entire campaign. He really needs to lean into the libertarian-leaning streak here in New Hampshire, um, present himself as, a, as a, you know, a Trump alternative that can win, and then expand into the moderates, into those that may be disaffected. And then conversely, Nikki Haley, she's got to do the opposite. Right now, there's a lot of coverage. Nikki Haley, she's a media darling. She loves the, right. the independence lover. Guess what that means to the base? 
that's a big turnoff in, in the Republican okay. Party. So you're so saying the expectations the games need to switch because I'm saying they need, each need what the others got right now. Ron DeSantis needs some moderate voters, some independent voters. Nikki Haley needs some MAGA voters and some base Republican voters. I just don't see the independents uh, or moderate voters going to Ron DeSantis after he voted for a six-week abortion ban and like has that, and it's just, that is not New Hampshire. It's a libertarian state. You've said I, that all the I time. I think that's fair. And I think, you know, a lot of independent voters, they are people that will go out and they will vote and they will vote with their heart and maybe not with their head as a strategic, you know, I don't like you, but you're the Trump, you know, alternative, I'll go with you. Mm -hmm. It's going to be much more of a, I believe you. And that's probably much more conducive to, to Nikki Haley. Also, Democrats, independents, they can vote in a Republican primary in New Hampshire. No. Let's what? just be clear. Let's just be clear. We're oh. semi-open. Semi-open. <laughs> Democrats can only vote in the Democratic primary. Republicans can only vote oh, in the Republican primary. they have to register primary. as Republicans. Nope. Uh, uh, that okay. was back in October. And they missed that. It's <laughs> the independents is what you're keying in uh, on, where we okay. have more independents than Republicans or Democrats here in New Hampshire. And they can do whatever they want to do on election day. They can go right in Joe Biden. They can go vote Nikki Haley. They can vote Trump. Um, so we're going to see how that cookie crumbles. Are you paying attention to those voters? Or do you think they're actually a sizable number that yeah, could no, actually change the game? Everybody is. That is absolutely New Hampshire. That is why we have Republican Governor Chris Sununu at sky high levels and right. why we have an all Democratic uh, delegation that got voted in, you know, sky high levels. Where am I going to find these people? Anywhere on the street. Really? Um, typically, they lean, you know, Republican mm. here in New Hampshire. We're fiercely independent. We don't want to mm. tell you, you know, what, who did you vote for? Mind mm. your own business. Mm. What party you belong mm. to? Mind your own business. Yeah. Um, but they'll they'll typically break right. And certainly, there's a lot more action on the Republican side uh, right now. Okay, got it. Okay, so there is a chance for Nikki Haley. There may be a real race. Um, unclear, but... She needs those Republican voters. What are you also looking for on the ground right now? I mean, people. yeah. So this is a weird race, a very mm -hmm. weird cycle. You get a former president in the race right now. We've never seen that. He should be sky high at, at you know, 80%. He's around 50. Um, he's now got a decisive win in Iowa. He's rolling into New Hampshire, the place of his first win. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be a lot of people calling for a consolidation. You're already hearing it from the sidelines of wrap this race up. Nikki Haley's losing in her own home state. If you can't say where anyone's going to beat Trump anywhere, it's, it's, it's this race could, could be over and it very well could be. So these people got to come out, whether you're Ron DeSantis, whether you're Nikki mm -hmm. Haley, and you have to look death in the face and be strong <laughs> and be fearless and have confidence and go out there and make your case to the voters. I mean, it's for Nikki Haley, she probably wants Ron DeSantis to stay in the race, right? Because a lot of his voters might, would probably rather go to Trump than go to her. So that just creates a larger adulter between her and Trump, which I've talked about a lot. So she's probably like, you know what? Stay in the race. What do I care? He said it tonight. But to, she needs Vivek to stay in the race too. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. You know, this is the thing about politics. You know, the person you hate the most where she lit him up like a pinball machine on the debates is now saying, don't drop out. Whatever you do, don't drop out. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. Is there anything like, you know, I I spoke to Jimmy before you and, and Jimmy made the point that it feels like Trump the coalition that he that he found in Iowa is the type of coalition he would need to win in the seven or so battleground states, the swing states against Joe Biden. Um, you know, he won wealthier suburban counties where there were educated voters, women, you know, people that he 
would likely be soft. Um, uh, what do you think? Like, do you think that, that he, that Biden should be worried based on what happened in Iowa? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Be worried. Uh, t- t- team Dem, team blue, be worried. Absolutely. Um, you know, the former president is coming from a commanding position right now. And if you look at where he was a year ago, Ron DeSantis was polling higher and a lot of people didn't even think Donald Trump would be running. Um, and now he's coming out of the gates, out of Iowa, heading into New Hampshire. You know, right now, if you're, if you're a Trump supporter, your last name is Trump, you're feeling pretty good about this race. I think the takeaway would also just be that Republicans are sticking with him. Boy, they like Trump. You know, I think they're not going to choose Biden. Well, I think you made a very. Am I, am I right? Or? A, yes, yes, yes. Let's just be clear. You know, there's going to be reams of paper written about the Ron DeSantis campaign, about the Nikki Haley campaign, what they did right. More importantly, maybe what they did wrong. But at the end of the day, it's going to be Republican voters did not want to move on from Trump. End of story. Right. But what about what does this mean for general election voters? Well, I think you made a really, really cool TikTok. Um, where, you, where, you, where you point- I'm trying you, it out, okay? Where you broke- <laughs> At Terrible, Mary. Broke it down for everybody. You go, hey, listen, 64% of Republicans in Iowa said, I will vote for this guy if he's convicted of a crime. But conversely, that means like 35% won't. So yeah, Team Biden might be able to find some silver lining in this right now. Okay, fair enough. That's the silver lining. Maybe. If there is one. Maybe. For for the Biden team. For Team Biden. Yeah. Hey, Joe Biden is not on the ballot in New Hampshire, and he might actually win a write-in campaign a week from now with a larger margin beating Dean Phillips and Marion Williamson than than Donald Trump beats Joe um beats uh, Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. Yeah, but like, it's different. I mean, Dean it Phillips. It is definitely different, but I will definitely take it. And Marion Williamson. Although apparently Marion Williamson is polling pretty high. Oh my gosh. Don't ask her about crystals. 12% or something, right? I, I and, made the mistake. Oh, crystals. Yeah. yeah. She's not a crystal queen. Oh she's, boy. She's got a different level of- Do uh, not ask. <laughs> I did. Uh, we made peace after it, but made a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, Marianne Williamson. I, she was polling well in New Hampshire at one point, right? Wasn't she up to almost 15% of Democrats? I don't, I don't, listen, I'm not a Dem. I don't get that, but, but I don't no, believe was it. it uh, was RFK Jr. that oh, was polling R- well? Yeah, RFK. You know, that's another funny one where like, all the, you'd meet every Republican voter and it's so weird. And I think you did a, an, a pod earlier with Kristen Solis-Anderson that was really telling. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, you talk to Republicans and they cannot fathom anybody voting for Joe Biden. And they go, why can't every Democrat be like RFK? And then you talk to Dems and they cannot fathom anybody voting for Donald Trump. And they go, why can't they be like uh, Liz Cheney? Yeah. Like, it's like two different species, much less right. parties right now. Totally. There is this weird split right now. Uh, we are divided, not to sound cliche. You can hear that every day on whatever cable news show you listen to, but, um, or watch. Oh, Ramasamy suspends his campaign. Oh, I, knew, I called it. I called it. Breaking, breaking, breaking. breaking. It's happening breaking. on air. Ramaswamy suspends his campaign. I guess he couldn't handle another day of bashing from Correct. Trump. Correct. Breaking. Correct. Um, well, this is something I think that will help Donald Trump. And I think it will change the game in, in New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Tell I me mean, what your thoughts are right now. Yeah, again, we've had... You know, if you know, in some ways, the USS Trump Tannic in this race, mm. and you've had some torpedoes going after him, and some tugboats pulling him along. And Vivek Ramaswamy went to the debate and said he's the greatest president I've ever seen. And it's like, wait, wait you're running against the guy, yeah. and he was a surrogate for the most part of nine months out there. Um, but he was claiming he was next gen. 
I mean, you can claim whatever you want, but if you go, the guy's the greatest president, and you go, well, why are you running against him? Um, it was all great up until Iowa came three days before, and then they started beating him with a sledgehammer. <laughs> um, and they True. just beat him out of the race. So I think he's going to look to try to get into Trump's good graces, further ingrain himself in MAGA world. Does he get in a cabinet position out of this? I mean, if they if he wins, maybe. Why not? I'm sure he wants treasury secretary. And yeah. if he loses, like you said, Alex Jones might need a, a co-host or, yeah. or Ben Shapiro or another There's one of those guys. Most people don't share the hosting table, but you know what get I mean? His own He'll just get his own pod. Weird platform. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Oh, God. All right. I've always said, you know. This is almost like as big as Christie dropping out in some ways. I think it could absolutely. Well, how about Christie dropping out? Mm. You know, everybody goes, he's dropping out. He's paving the way for Nikki Haley. And then he went out in true Jersey style. You know, <laughs> fuck me, fuck her. you. Yeah, hot <laughs> mic, going down, throwing punches. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I think in terms of percentage points, it might have the same impact. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And you know what? He might get out there and, and who knows? He could pop up at a Nikki Haley town hall and harass her. I mean, I don't think the guy's, um, he's got no shame. He's, he's shown that. And he's okay. definitely got to, an axe to grind. Fair enough. Wow. So you caught it live. Vivek Ramaswamy. Reporter Bartlett, crystal ball, called it five minutes ahead of time. Ooh, I kind of want to hear Ron DeSantis for a second. Okay. So we were listening to... Uh, Ron DeSantis's, it, I guess, it's just the speech is, he punched out of Iowa. Like, yeah, he seems like he's acting like he won. He sounds like he won to himself, but, you know, and of course he's blaming the media, which is so lame. So you've seen him. You yeah. even saw him here in New Hampshire in this, his first stop where he didn't talk to press or voters. Do you think he's grown as a candidate? He's a little better. Yeah. Yeah. He's still angry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he seems more comfortable in his skin. I'm sure he's happy that he came in second. I'm sure he was terrified that Nikki was going to come in second. He'd come in third. That would just so, be like embarrassing. Right now, is this guy saying, I'm happy I came in second or going, I really regret running? Uh, I think he's saying, I'm happy I came in second. What do you think so? I think he's high on his own Kool-Aid right now, man. Interesting. You know, if all these people had to do it over Maybe he's again. hopeful that Ramaswamy voters will go to him. They could. They could listen, you know, the notion of like, you had the option to go to Trump, you went to Vivek, um, you clearly maybe don't want Trump, so come on over. Can you, can you roll out the welcome wagon? Come on wagon? over, come on over. <laughs> <laughs> Ron the Swami. Boys, it's a, it's a weird race here. Yeah, Only exactly. Only gonna get weirder. And I'm getting weirder as the night goes on, <laughs> 11.30 p.m. Well, Eastern time. maybe it's a whiskey talking for me. Okay, well, to me, it's just, you know, the twists and turns. Okay, so... Um, DeSantis sounding jubilant, coming in 30 points below Trump. Red Rover, Red Rover. And beating Nikki Haley by one point. Come on over. Hey, a win's a win. A win is a win is a win. Yeah, he looks really freaking happy. Yeah. But how, what's he going to do in New Hampshire? Uh, we're going to see. He's got a, uh, a town hall in Claremont. He's got a CNN town hall tomorrow night. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, listen, he's got a great team here. I know you know some of them. I know you talk to some of them. They're energetic. They're probably a little frustrated, maybe more than a little frustrated about how things have been going. And they're looking to right the ship. We got seven days left. That's early mornings, late nights, uh, you know, uh, to make your case to voters. And it's probably the most critical seven days um, in the past year. Yep. Okay. Seven days. I don't know if he can turn it around, though. It's not enough time. 
uh, you know. He's basically ignored New Hampshire this whole time. I'd love to tell you miracles can happen, but, you know, unless your name's Trump, I hope you're either the praying kind or the drinking kind. <laughs> I think we'll end on that note. Thanks for tuning in. That was another episode of Somebody's Gotta Win. I'm Tara Palmieri. This was recorded on the night of the Iowa caucus. And if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe, share it with your friends, rate it. I want to thank my producer, Devin Baroldi. She stayed up late tonight and was working on the pod. Um, Really appreciate that. I'll be back on Thursday. I may have some emergency pods in the meantime in case, I don't know, someone else drops out whose name is DeSantis, but we'll see what else happens. There's always twists and turns. There are always reasons to throw down an emergency pod. All right. See you on Thursday. (laughs) 